0: Show is a part of the Versus the Universe Network. For more information on Versus the Universe, go to versustheuniverse.com. That's vs theuniverse.com. You got your headphones on? Good. Now let's get on with the show.
1: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Hey everyone, welcome to Digital Dumpster Diving, where we dig through digital games and movies trying to find something worth our time and maybe yours. Will we find trash or treasure? I'm Matt Peters, and with me is David Martin. Dave, how are you, sir?
0: I am fantastic. You're a dirty liar. liar. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to do
1: you like, uh, No, not the line between love and hate. Like uh, the Jackson 5 with, um, oh my gosh, Angela Bassett. When she's finally confronting Joe Jackson, she goes, you're a liar. You're a cheat. And she just like puts such emphasis on that T. It's like it just cuts (laughs) through everything. But man, you know, this must be a new record because we're already off topic. So... (laughs) <laughs> Let's get back on topic and talk about how proud we are to be members of the Versus the Universe podcast network.
0: <laughs> Indeed, there's so many excellent shows, and then there's ours, and uh, yeah. Yeah, there's ours, and if you want to keep this pirate
1: ship going, we also have a Patreon going on right now. Now, the Patreon doesn't just cover digital dumpster diving. Oh, no, no. It covers the Geek Show which is a live, nerdy, variety, talky thing. Uh, You can go on Patreon, just Google Versus the Universe. It'll be the first thing that pops up. Uh, Our guys at Versus the Universe take great care of us, and they take great care to foster a a positive uh, geek community that emphasizes creativity and friendship and rainbows and all kind of great stuff, and you can be part of that. They have a lot of different tiers which you can contribute uh, on a monthly basis, if you throw them $5 a month, you can gain access to a secret vault of music and videos that have never been released to the public. There's a ton of cool stuff in there like fandom love songs that were never released, demos of musicals that never made it to the stage, and interviews that aren't even on YouTube. So that's the low tier. At the highest tier, for $125 bucks a month, if you're swinging like that. You can become an official sponsor of Versus the Universe. They have, a, uh, you know, the flagship show, man, the Geek Show. Will include your name in every show and thank you on stage and all of the videos, uh, you know, we, that they take at the show. You'll take part in helping Versus the Universe choose the theme and guests for the for the Geek Show. So you're you're basically the Donald P. Belisario of the Geek Show. You are the executive producer. <laughs> So they're going to flash your name in those big, bold, white letters on the screen, you know, either that or or, or Dick Wolf, you know, that guy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that is one of the beautiful things about Patreon is it can be a way for you to be really involved with the programming, to show your support as part of the community. Um, But not just that, you can have a say in some things you can get behind the scenes footage no one else is getting. Um, But, like, for example, there are lots of things we could do for you. We were talking about maybe giving you access to our before-the-show antics. There you go. If you guys want something like that, we'll be happy to throw that out there.
1: Because, as I was telling Dave before the show, we have a good hour of material that you guys just don't hear. So either be (laughs) thankful for that or feel bad that you're missing out on all that chicanery (laughs) between my good friend and I. So All that being said, we should get to the content that you guys came here for how dare you first of all uh secondly (laughs) our episode today is about the uh the movie embers which we uh watched on netflix and maybe a few of you did as well dave why don't you fill us in about what embers is all about
0: uh so embers is a 2015 film um, after a global neurological epidemic, those who remain search for meaning and connection in a world without memory. It stars Jason Ritter, Eva Gocheva, and Tucker Smallwood, among others. And uh, it's a movie. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a movie. Shout out to Jason Ritter,
1: the son of uh, TV's John Ritter. Rest in peace, sir. Uh, you know, and it's, it's amazing. He looks basically just like the spitting image of him.
0: I don't know. John Ritter, I would never have classified as particularly handsome. <laughs> his son's a little bit better looking.
1: He had a face for comedy, John Ritter. That's for yes, sure. Yes, yes, he did. And, you know, you just marveled at how he was able to, in the 70s, finagle his way into being roommates with just two lovely women. <laughs> <laughs> Such as he did. But, yeah, hey, you know, good sense of humor. You know what they say.
0: <laughs> you know, it's amazing how much of that show I missed as a kid. Yeah, like oh, watching yeah. it, watching reruns, I was just like, "Wow, well, I I did not understand that double entendre going there." <laughs> I didn't over, I didn't understand the overarching
1: storyline of the show. I'll go, <laughs> I'll go that far. I think maybe I just never saw the first one or something. I'm just you know, like, I'm, why is he always hiding from Mister uh, Furley? Why is he always acting like that around him? That's kind of that's kind of different. All right, you know, whatever. Wouldn't <laughs> you hide from Don Knotts? No, man, I would never hide from Don Knotts. Don <laughs> Knotts is that dude, all right. <laughs> Was <laughs> Mister Limpet? No way! <laughs> Apple Dumpling Gang? Come on! I would have much rather watched Apple Dumpling Gang than what we watched
0: today. <laughs> uh, so, so you're saying you are might not give it a treasure?
1: Man, I'm gonna go ahead full full disclosure. If we had a rating lower than Toxic Sludge, it would be getting that today. Because boy, howdy! Um. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going to uh, give the floor to you before I, I tear into it, though. So please, go okay. right ahead.
0: <laughs> so as as some of you may have remembered from last episode, I mentioned that this was a recommendation from my wife, Marcy, and she specifically said, I don't remember anything about it other than that it was really <laughs> unique, which is ironic because throughout the show, everyone loses their memory. There's some sort of epidemic. No one remembers anything except for as we find out later, two people in a in a shelter. Right. Um, so anyway, there's a bunch of vignettes. You have to suspend your disbelief for this, um, which is really hard for me. The vignettes <laughs> are not designed to give an accurate portrayal of what would happen in a world like this. They're basically, we have an interesting idea for a story. These vignettes help tell that story, but they're also mostly unrealistic.
1: I will 100% co-sign on that. It felt like it was underdeveloped like it was half baked it felt like there was so much left on the table that was unaddressed uh, that was sacrificed to just the uh the uh the of it all the innocence of it all and there there were certain I'll I'll save that for the second half to go into like full detail as much as I want to go in um there there was there was some subject matter that was addressed that should not have been touched upon Given the brevity of of the uh, of the medium, so yeah, it, it was it was all over the
0: place. Well, and this may or may not be what you're referring to, but I'm going to throw this out there. Now, I have a pretty low tolerance for adult content in shows. Sure. Uh, I, I that's just my thing. I, I don't like a lot of language. I don't like a lot of sex or anything. Having said that, I think there are a couple scenes that may go beyond what the average person would be comfortable with in here. Um, Spoilers, there's some, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's a scene of implied rape. Yeah. um, And some other graphic content, which may or may not be your thing. If that's not what you want to see, then don't watch this.
1: Yeah, I would I would warn people away from yeah. If you if you have issues with seeing that sort of thing on the screen, definitely steer away from this. Um, because if you're going to struggle through that sort of subject matter, your time is better spent on something more deserving. I'll say that. Um, yeah, it's yeah. I didn't want to dip into that so soon because there's a lot of just wackiness going on here, but. It's like a weird turn at that point. Yeah, yeah. Well, it took a weird turn right after that too. Oh yeah, the the yeah yeah. But well yeah,
0: okay. Yeah, I really liked the the overall premise of the movie. It was a really clever, unique premise that was poorly developed and poorly handled.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, it was it was so grandiose, and uh, it's not it's not original, and it blows it up to such a large scale. It, it just doesn't really do anything with it. I think we've, we've kind of hit a brick wall at this point. I think we need to go ahead and share our ratings and dive into the, uh, the spoiler territory so we can really <laughs> just let loose on this one. So as I said before, I wish there was something lower <laughs> than a toxic sludge because I love my sci-fi. I love uh, dystopian experiences like, like Fallout, that sort of thing, <laughs> you know, uh, when it's done well. I, I love a good story that features like amnesia or something like that. You know, people trying to piece together uh, their lives, that sort of thing. But I need some closure, just like they need some closure. And this one didn't deliver on any of that. So Toxic Sludge is what it's getting from me. This, this one is probably what I enjoyed the least. It didn't even have anything that was ironically funny or just like sci-fi quality goofy for me to really latch on to so yeah Toxic Sludge bottom line
0: there are parts of it that showed potential okay and I want to rate it higher because there were certain things that were good about it or that could have been better but I'm I'm gonna have to go with Toxic Sludge as well you know the, it, a lot of the potential is just wasted
1: yep That's all I can say without spoiling anything else. (laughs) But you shouldn't watch this movie anyway, so don't worry about it. If you haven't seen it yet, listen on, because we're about to cut this thing up.
0: And if you have seen it and you disagree with us, tell us where we're wrong.
1: Yeah, hit us up on Twitter at the 3D cast and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll gladly respond to your tweets and even read it on the next episode. So, yeah, just hit us up over there. Also hit us up at the 3D cast on Twitter with any suggestions that you may have for an upcoming episode. We've got some great ones that we're going to tell you about uh, at the end of the show uh, regarding what we're going to be watching next. So stay tuned for that. All right. That being said, are you ready for spoilers?
0: I'm ready for spoilers. I'm not ready to think more about this movie.
1: Nope, I'm done with this movie.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so next episode, everybody. We are. Oh, no, no. You, you came to listen to the review. We'll give you a review.
1: <laughs> no, I, I also want to point out, too, I want to thank Marcy for recommending this because just the, uh, the irony of the fact that <laughs> she couldn't remember anything about it, <laughs> but then it being about amnesia was hilarious so thank you for that Marcy. (laughs) and that being said how dare you this is horrible (laughs) this whole thing from start to finish like there were a few like you said there were a few glimmers where i'm like okay maybe we're gonna get something out of this but by the time we reached the end of the film i i could not believe that they left so many unanswered questions um Oh, I should also say this, and this is something that I should have said before. I do this every episode, everybody, and I'm sorry for that. But I'm going to do it again this time around. Uh, Point number one, use the captions. (laughs) Because these characters, a lot of which do not address each other by name because of the whole amnesia thing. Yeah, you don't know their names unless you're reading them on the screen. So you're gonna have to use the captions, and some of them don't even have like legit names. It's just like man, woman, teacher, chaos, and you never hear these things spoken aloud.
0: So, and and I uh, I don't recall the name of the first guy if they ever send the captions. But I I like to call him Watch Guy. Watch Guy. I liked Watch Guy. I, I really liked Watch Guy. He was the highlight of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> As
1: I said, like, he's he's like um, Grandpa Simpson. He just <laughs> so uh, just to, to let the folks listening uh, know or just kind of like lay it out flat here. So the whole thing with the amnesia, it's a worldwide phenomenon. We're introduced to the idea when we first meet Jason Ritter and uh, the young lady that he wakes up next to who is played by Iva Gocheva. Uh, so they're just known as like guy and girl or boy and girl in the movie. They give each other names, but it seems like every time a day passes or even just time passes sometimes that their memories just reset and they forget everything that they were doing. They still remember how to speak. They still remember, like the uh, the girl is uh, bilingual, so she still remembers how to speak Spanish and English. But yeah, like short-term memory stuff, gone. Just vanishes. So yeah, that being said, uh, we're also introduced to a, a little boy. And he runs into various people in, in the wasteland, and yeah, it's just, everything's just ruined. And the first person he meets is Watch Guy.
0: Oh, Watch Guy. So, Watch Guy sees the kid, and it may or may not be the first time he's ever seen him, but it's the first time for him. And so he starts talking about time. The kid is completely non-verbal. He's basically a feral child, because apparently he's forgotten everything he's ever learned except for how to walk and how to mooch off people. <laughs> Um, It follow around, follows around Watch Guy, and Watch Guy It tries to explain time and place, and now you are here, and now you are here, and now you are here, and now you are here. And, are here.
1: and I was kind of hoping that'd be the whole movie, because that would have at least given us something to talk about. <laughs> yeah, so there's, there's that duo. It doesn't really last too long, because there's a... Uh, a young ruffian named Chaos, we find that out from the captions, who doesn't really say much except for screaming. Um, he runs it's, up.
0: It's not the Chaos from Sonic. No, no. he's <laughs> No, it's just Chaos. It's
1: just Chaos. And not the Chaos from those cool insurance commercials either. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he just runs up and he, he hits Watch Guy with a pipe. Watch Guy falls down and uh, little kid takes the watch, keeps on rolling. <laughs> we don't know if Watch Guy is dead or alive. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but we never see watch guy again. Oh, and I completely forgot about Candy Girl. Candy Girl, yeah. Candy Tressa Princess, how is she still alive? Right,
1: right. She was living off of uh off of Smarties basically. <laughs> Just pouring them by the bowlful and like drinking Tang. Her teeth were a wreck, but she somehow was surviving on pure sugar. And not, you know, morbidly obese somehow. (laughs) Living in the wasteland and all that good stuff. So yeah, I don't know, man. Um, So the little boy encounters a few different people. Uh, We have a couple other scenarios as well. We have... uh, We talked about man and woman. We talked about little boy. talked about Um, chaos. um, There
0: was also Teacher. Yes. Um, Teacher apparently was a very educated person. I didn't catch if he had been a college professor or an author or what he was, but basically he's the one who remembers more of anybody who's infected because he wrote a lot down and he he kept notes of everything, so he keeps rereading his notes over and over and over again. We find out it's been about nine years, and yet even though he has notes, he's still basically reliving the same day over and over and over again. He has notes on how to chop wood, notes on how to do this and that how to st- how to start a fire
1: yeah yeah i mean that was kind of cool that he had so many notes around like he was really uh the smartest person in the film as far as like trying to retain his memory and everything and not being afraid to put in the work involved in still maintaining his everyday life he had his uh he, he had his camp uh kind of fenced off with yarn that was color-coded so he would know what the certain colors represented. Uh, this, this guy had it together, except for his mind proper. Uh,
0: <laughs> and he actually did have a name because uh, we saw him looking at one of the books which he had written when he was still competent.
1: That's true. That's true. But on the IMDB, they only refer to him as teacher. So we don't know if that was his twin brother or what. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so that being said, our final uh, our final little uh, Vignette uh, stars were a father and daughter and a very futuristic and familiar looking bunker. The first thing I thought when I saw uh, the daughter, who she's actually the only person that gave her name, Miranda, I believe it was. Um, Yeah, when they when uh, we were introduced to her, she was doing a memory test. Uh, The computer confirmed that she had, like. 0.012 0.012 chance of memory loss or something like that. But the whole scene looked like something out of Portal. I was half expecting uh <laughs> GLaDOS to come down from the ceiling and start testing her. <laughs> Cuz she kind of had that same build and everything too.
0: That would have been worth watching.
1: Yeah, dude, I would if 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 this was just some type of like underground <laughs> like viral marketing for like Portal 3, do you know how excited I would have been? I I would have lost my mind. <laughs>
0: No pun intended. <laughs> Pardon the pun.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: Valve just needs to start making games again, but that's neither here nor there.
1: Yeah, yeah well, we, we can all agree on that. And, of course, um, she uh, Miranda lived with her father, who they never referred to by name. Um, their storyline was pretty much... Uh, it, was, it was pretty much what Portal was. She <laughs> didn't really know anything about um, the world outside, and... She's was being put through the paces to maintain her everyday life by her father. Uh, and she demanded that she be released uh, from the underground bunker. And one day, he was asleep. She decided to go out and venture out on her own. She opens the door to the outside world, greets the day, and that was the end of their story. Pretty much. That was it. That's what you get.
0: Yeah, well, and that that was one of the ones that really bothered me, because they not only still had their mental faculties, because they hadn't been exposed, but they clearly had all sorts of resources available to them, and her dad was like a museum runner and a curator or something, sure. um, and she referred to it being kept as like a museum showpiece, but they never tried to do anything for anybody. It was just how are your cello lessons going? <laughs> right. But let's let's do these weird exercises together. And it's like no. Cure.
1: Exactly. Cure that and I feel like alright, they're underground. They knew they were gonna be down there for a while. They bring paintings. That's great. What about books? What about Movies, what about something? Now, we really didn't get a clear indication as to like how much time they had to prepare. Um, You know, in most post-apocalyptic films, most modern post-apocalyptic films, we're not really given any idea of how we got here. We're just kind of thrown into the mix, just like Z for Zachariah. And I'm bringing this up for a reason, and please don't hate me for it. Z for Zachariah, at least when the people were traveling outside and trying to find other survivors, they had the wherewithal to put on some type of hazmat suit, those cool Pac-Man looking hazmat suits. I'm wondering why the father and daughter, with all that technological know-how, with all those gadgets they had in the bunker, there was no face mask. There was no hazmat suit. Nothing. She just went out.
0: Pretty kind of much, yeah. yeah. I mean, she had this geometric hard-shelled backpack, <laughs> but and this weird diamond-shaped flashlight. But yeah, didn't take any protection whatsoever. But it seemed like she just wanted to die, or wanted to wanted her to end. So maybe she just didn't want protection.
1: Right. Well, I mean, they kind of left that, they, they kind of threw out the idea that she was going to go look for her mom. And it was at that time that I thought, okay, well, maybe her mom is the uh, the girl from the other, from the other uh, you know, storyline. Maybe it was uh, I, Eva Gocheva. Um, uh,
0: that occurred to me for a moment, but then I thought about the age thing. Because... I thought about that
1: too, but, you know, they can be so ambiguous with that, you know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I, I really thought the way that this movie was going to end was that Ida uh Miranda, the father, and the boy were going to be one, f- one big family. I thought that's what was going to happen there. Like, they were going to be reunited somehow. And that the guy, uh, Jason Ritter, was actually just someone that the girl met along the way, and they began to bond because they didn't have anybody else all that time. And so they fell in love that way but she was the the mom to this family. At least that's something. My mind wanted to put this together so desperately.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You were just hoping that there was actually some thread that was, like, actually worthwhile to this?
1: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. name of the movie should have been New Memory. Who (laughs) this?
0: So the boy and the girl, who are both adults, Mm. um, may or may not have been Miranda's mom, but... uh, they were together. They both had matching wristbands, and they were together. And then she steps on a nail. He goes off to get water. He finds water to help wash it off. And then, as soon as he gets the water, he completely forgets about her. Starts drinking the water and walks
1: yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, that was that. Oh, that kind of made me laugh a little. <laughs> I'm like, what a jerk! Like, really, just what a jerk! And then he tripped over a branch. So it was really just like, is this supposed to be? Funny, or did they just not feel like doing another take? Because it was <laughs> hilarious. So, yeah, and I was impressed by how, by how quickly he found water. Let me tell you that. <laughs> and yeah,
0: that no one else has found in the nine years since society has collapsed. Right. And and then, so, they they meet up. They, they look like it's at a train depot or something. There's a bunch of people just standing around and he's standing there she walks up apparently her foot's fine now because she never even limps the rest of the movie right not even a limp um they meet up and she notices oh you have the same bracelet i do and then they kind of look at each other and then it just ends
1: i think they got those bracelets from like you know target for like $1.50. 50 <laughs> and it just so happened
0: that they looked homemade it wasn't even to try to remember each other. They just both bought them at Target, and that's how they they hooked up. Right, it's like,
1: <laughs> that's love for you. It's oh, just... you
0: shop at Target? I love Target.
1: There you go. <laughs>
0: that was pretty much the movie. That was so, it. You know, there were there was a little bit more here and there. There's like the dad forces started to do this cello recital, and I don't know. This is just random, but the the first part of a lot of the stanzas to that music was like, "Ooh, Halo." Right? No, it's not Halo. Oh, but that sounds like Halo. No, right. I guess it's not. But yeah. Ooh, Halo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now I do want to, um, and I intentionally left this to uh, towards the end, just for people that may want to turn away now. Um, the whole storyline with Chaos was just so, it really had no relevance on the story whatsoever. Besides him bobbering watch guy with that pipe and, and kind of ending that, that story for the little boy. We really didn't need to follow him at all throughout the rest of this film. I thought maybe he was going to bump into somebody else that we're familiar with at some point. But no, he just went off and had his own adventure. Unfortunately, his adventure involved him giving in to animalistic instincts almost completely and just taking whatever he got get his hands on, including food. And at one point, he tried to take sex from from, from a young lady. And, I mean, he wasn't successful and that's good because I definitely did not want to see that. But just the intensity they put in that scene, you know, up until that moment, I thought he was going to be some type of redeemable figure or, or the key to solving how to get, you know, the, your memory back or something like yeah. that. But no, I, he was just there. Um, And, and I, I, the filmmaker, I guess, tried to give him his compence by, uh, him running into a group of guys later on in the film and, and having him uh, just brutally raped. I mean, they didn't, you know, get too graphic with it, but they definitely implied that's what was going on. And as you mentioned, it's like that type of stuff you, you want to. It didn't serve this story.
0: Well, I I agree. It, it it seemed like it was a really serious thing. He he was extremely upset about it. He was crying. He was about to commit suicide. But then, so they were attempting to make it a big deal. But then it feels like they threw any potential, for lack of a better term, value of that away when he just got distracted. He was about to kill himself after that. And he got distracted by someone in the street and started throwing beer bottles at her. Right. And it's like okay, you just made a joke out of this, and... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you probably shouldn't have gone there in the first place, and now, definitely not.
1: So, this was one of the... I think this was the only full-length movie that uh, Claire uh, Carey directed. I'm really not looking forward to seeing anything else from her. Uh, this, This didn't really spark any type of interest in me to, to to see any type of follow-up or anything like that. I need some story. I need something to latch on to. And I mean, just for everything this movie did, it didn't really do anything. So folks, as as I'm going to steal your line, it's it's got to get better. <laughs> Doesn't it? <laughs> yes, yes. So as, as is the tradition, when we have movies that we just both equally just have such a, a deep disdain for, Um, I'm going to throw a couple out there. These are movies you've definitely seen, but I'm going to say that they will cleanse the palate, Uh, one of which is Memento. Fantastic film deals with a similar subject matter as far as amnesia and how one deals with it. It has an amazing uh, uh, storytelling um, method that I'm not going to give away for those watching it for the first time. Uh, what was it, like 22, 2002, 2003, something like that. But it's it's a great film. It holds up. I've watched it recently. Um, my second film that I'm going to recommend, and this one's going to be <laughs> a surprise to a lot, 51st um, Dates with Adam Sandler and <laughs> Drew Barrymore. It is a precious movie, okay? I'm not the biggest Adam Sandler fan, but every now and then, you get to see an actor come out of him. And this is one of those few times. It is kind of schlocky, and Drew Barrymore is Drew Barrymore, but it's got a heart, and I really enjoyed it. And if you don't cry at the ending, you you have a heart of stone, okay? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, well, you know what? Say what I say what you will about Adam Sandler or Drew Barrymore. It's better than this. Oh yeah. You know, this movie has just made me want to forget movies, and so I'm I'm kind of like drawing a little bit of a blank. The biggest thing, and I know I mentioned this before, since Z for Zachariah had a little bit of a similar flavor to it with a post-apocalyptic world, but um, I am Legend. Um, you know, that's what the people in the bunker should have been doing.
1: Yes. Yes. That's um, a that's a good that's a good pull. I like that one. Yeah.
0: And there are multiple endings to that movie, so if you haven't if you've only seen one ending, you could always go back and watch it again for the other ending.
1: Right. It's like Clue. Pick your poison. <laughs> oh, now I want to watch Clue. I always wanna watch
0: Clue. We'll throw
1: that out there too. Why not? These are <laughs>
0: <laughs> these are these are the junk food of comfort movies here. <laughs> and better watch Clue while well, Tim Curry is still with us. He yeah. is still with us, isn't he?
1: Yeah, he is. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. He's going to be making some type of appearance at... Man, that's neither here nor there. He's going to be at some (laughs) convention soon. I want to go see him. Um, Yeah. Oh, so that brings us to the next point of business. Let's talk about what we're going to be watching next time. Next time... Uh, We got a recommendation from one of our dear listeners and a good friend, the one and only uh, Melissa Kirk, if I could pronounce her name correctly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, she tweeted to us that we should check out the movie Holidays on Netflix. And this is one of those uh, wonderful and uh, horror anthologies that I, I, I love so much. Because even when it's bad, it's just good. This one is described as... Eight gleeful, grim, short tales set on Halloween, Mother's Day, St. Patrick's Day, and other holidays comprise this chilling horror anthology. Of note, it has several directors that took part, but the one and only Kevin Smith actually directed a segment. So I'm looking forward to watching this.
0: As am I, although I am a little bit confused about how... This is going to be the third vignette movie we've watched, <laughs> but you know, the uh Christmas horror story was better than expected,
1: it was. But I, I for one, cannot wait to forget about Embers. So,
0: <laughs> forget about what?
1: Yeah, I don't know what we're we talking about. Ah, <laughs> uh, I guess we just finished the show. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I still feel like I need a shower.
1: Yeah, me too. All right, take us home, Dave.
0: Well, thanks everyone for joining us. Uh, This was Digital Dumpster Diving. We hope you did not watch the movie. Uh, If you did, feel free to please tweet us your thoughts and check out Holidays along with us. Yep,
1: it's going to be one, that's for sure.
0: (laughs) It's it's, got to be better, right? It's got to be better. (laughs) All right,
1: folks, I'm Matt Peters. And I'm Dave Martin. Thanks for listening.
0: And there was Watch Guy. I really liked the idea of Watch Guy, except he was so bizarre. And then it's like, I guess he died or just wasn't important.
1: He just, no, man, he didn't die. He just didn't know. He didn't remember how to get up. That's all it was. Watch Guy was the best. Watch Guy reminded me of Grandpa Simpson <laughs> telling a story. <laughs> I wore an onion on my belt, which was a style at the time. Uh, where was that? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. so it's my diggity, too.
0: <laughs> and now we're here. And now we're here. And now we're here.
1: Right. And now is now. Like, oh, God, dude. Please continue doing this for the whole movie. Please let this be the whole movie. Because <laughs> yeah, we've, we've kind of got stuck in this rut of dystopian movies. You know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, dystopian movies where we might have gotten what was your phrase? We got Sundanced. Yes,
1: <laughs> <laughs> we definitely got Sundanced that one time. This time, we just got crappy movie.
0: It, it had a, it had that kind of a vibe to it.
1: Yeah, to an extent, you know, it's that it's that cheap ending where nothing happens, where it's like we're gonna make it seem artistic and just end it. Yeah, they're going to think we're so deep because we're going to ask them to finish painting the picture for us. And you know what? I blame Inception.
0: <laughs> that was the worst. The was. worst. It was still spinning, but it started to wobble and then it was spinning <laughs> again. And then it's like, oh.
1: Yeah, yeah. But see, that was that was good storytelling. All these other ones, it's just like, yeah, I finished half the paper. I ran out of time and I decided to turn in what I had.
0: Well, and you know, this is going off a little bit, but every, like so many people talk say good things about Stanley Kubrick, about how brilliant he is. No, mm. he's just weird. Yeah, yeah, you're right. There's not necessarily a deeper meaning. He's just <laughs> happy that you're saying there's a deeper meaning to give it more depth than there actually was. It was just weird. Right, right. Oh, Stanley Kubrick and all his movies. <laughs>
1: If only it had been Stan Lee Kubrick then. (laughs) Hiya, heroes. Excelsior. (laughs) I made The Shining in 2001. A Space Odyssey. (laughs) That's all I got. uh,
0: Have you ever seen a Clockwork Orange?
1: Let me tell you about that, Dr. Doom. He's one of a kind. oh man i, I want i gotta meet him before he passes away man and he's a sad gonna be thing to in say.
0: chicago uh i can't remember if it was c2 e2 or if it was wizard world but he's gonna be here for one of them
1: yeah and it's gonna be one of those situations where you just stand in line and you know just kind of like wait for an hour and a half or so and shake his hand get the picture but you know what at this point i'm cool with that like that's this is literally the only celebrity on the face of the earth that I would stand in line just to shake their hand and and pay money for. Because everybody else, I feel like I should have the aptitude to figure out how to interview them for one reason or another. <laughs> it's goals, you know. It's like Booker T, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I tried to interview him at C2E2 a couple years ago, and I almost did, but his I guess his scheduling got mixed up or something like that. I'm not paying $50 to shake the man's hand, (laughs) you
0: know? See, that's what you just got to have a crew take down his uh, assistants and just, like, hustle him off to the side and get your interview. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Just hire those guys from Microsoft at CES. Oh,
1: man, they were hardcore. They weren't playing. (laughs) Excuse me, you got an appointment, huh? You got an appointment over here? Can't let you in unless you got an appointment scheduled.
0: And they they were, like, the stereotypical, like, they were big, surly-looking dudes in suits.
1: They really were. They really were. They <laughs> did a great job of, like, just uh, projecting that, that attitude. <laughs> <laughs>